0: Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports Mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E-Letter K. Radio on Twitter and of course at Mile High Sports, where we have all kinds of great stuff on the Denver Broncos and Well, their loss to the Baltimore Ravens, it was not a good one. We'll go over it 27-14 as the Broncos lose on their first uh, road game of the season. Uh, They just did not look good in all phases. And certainly we'll go over that here in our Broncos blitz podcast. We will hear from the coach and uh, talk about what he said as far as the game goes and some of the players discussions as well too. But first our friends at tap 14, 1920 Blake street, just a hop, skip and jump away from Coors field. 70 Colorado beers on tap. 100 Colorado distilled spirits a lot of good stuff over there at tap 14 want you to head on over there and try out the uh, the nachos and all the very good stuff that's over there at tap 14 the candied bacon as I always say here on the Broncos blitz podcast strongly recommend it head on over there tap 14 1920 Blake Street of course on the web tap 14.com that's tap 14.com spell out the word 14 for me tap 14. Dot .com. Now the Broncos of course getting that loss, uh it was an ugly game in the rain in Baltimore. I mean there there's really no way to sugarcoat it. And certainly on Twitter we're we're going to read off some of your responses on what your biggest takeaway was from the Broncos' loss to the Ravens and we'll get started because uh, look, I wanted to wait at least 24 hours. Because a lot of you of course the game the the final score The whistle blows, and you guys are on Twitter, and you're freaking out. The season's over. There's a lot of emotion, uh, and I get it. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but... We also want to wait a, a day to let things cool off. Let that let that height, that high of the game finishing, and that frustration cool off a little bit, and then let's find out where your guys' heads are at. So on Twitter at K Radio, of course, is where you can follow me, uh, and that's where we get in your responses. Uh, Zach Kring, his biggest takeaway from the game on Twitter, wildchild Five Twelve says that Vance Joseph still woefully unprepared in the face of adversity, and that's where we're gonna start. Vance Joseph looked lost yesterday uh, from the challenges that he made to some of the decision making to the team just looking unprepared. I mean, let's face it. This is a team that lost 27 to seven. They block the punt deep in their own territory, and then they go one play and score on a rushing touchdown, which uh, almost all looked like a gimme. Uh, This was a team that just continually sees the same problems. Over and over and over again from the head coaching part of the side and really from coaching in general. And we're going to talk about that deeper in the podcast because this was not a good effort um, almost all the way around. And, and, and I will say this uh, when you look at your three phases of the game and special teams is your best phase and shout out to Tom McMahon for having a very good special teams game plan. Uh, Of course, they get the block, and um, then there's the return for the touchdown. It's called back on a penalty, and I I don't want to get into penalties in this podcast. I just want to talk about the game, and I want to talk about the coaching and and what you guys think and your takeaways, and I agree. Uh, He does look continually unprepared, and the moment adversity hits, the moment they have to veer off the road into the dirt a little bit, they freak out. And, and Vance looks lost, and he doesn't look like he, he knows exactly uh, what he needs to be in charge of or how he can lead a team through that adversity. And look, this is nothing new. I, I, I'm sounding like a broken record from last year. And this is what makes it so frustrating is at the first sign of that showing on the road in a so somewhat of a hostile environment in, ba- in Baltimore, um, it didn't look improved. It did not look improved, and, and look, I, I've said in the past that I, I don't think Vance should have made it after the first year. I just don't know if he's ready to be a head coach, and and but I believe in second chances. I believe in a guy maybe potentially growing and getting better. I believe in second chances, and I believe in, in somebody uh, getting another opportunity to prove themselves, knowing that they did X wrong. Now it's time to correct it. And it just doesn't look like anything's corrected. It doesn't look like anything is different from last year. And now we're going down this rabbit hole again of a a really poor coaching staff and potentially poor quarterback play. And we'll get into it as well on Case Keenum. Um, but this is, it's just not working guys uh, on Twitter. Imperia collapse on Twitter says Vance Joseph still not qualified to be a head coach. And that's really a lot of what these takeaways are. Is terrible coaching. Diamond J Rattler on Twitter says terrible coaching. Awful play calling Zach Kell on Twitter. Never give up 56 says Vance. Joseph does not make any in-game adjustments. Y- you, <laughs> I don't disagree with any of this. I really don't. Um, It's, it's, and it's tough because I think as Bronco fans, you now look at a season that you're starting to see that that charred mark again, that, that reappears of just a team that on paper, I think there's a lot more talented. And I threw this out last year, Denver looked like a nine and seven, eight and eight team with a five and 11, four and 12 coaching staff. And again, it looks like the same case uh, because John Harbaugh is doing laps around Vance Joseph, as far as coaching. And there's just dumb decisions made that just don't make any sense. And, while many, you know, in these kind of situations, a lot of people sometimes say, well, hindsight's 2020. It's not in this case. Nobody is is agreeing with anything. It seems like that what Vance Joseph is doing. Um, it's just such a hard, it's hard to fathom that he's still the head coach, but uh, he is some of the comments from Vance um, that he talks about today. Uh, with the media, and and uh, of course, he spoke with the media on Monday post game. Um, Joseph said that uh, when you game plan, it's on us. Talking more particularly about the defense, uh, it's on uh, all of us. In every meeting, we won't stop. We have to definitely help our defensive backs more. We will, and that's through the calls we make and how we game plan. We have to get a better plan moving forward for our guys. Look, I I don't know if I agree with that because. The game plan that you had against Oakland was, particularly with with the defensive backs, because that's what he's referencing here, was to contain those guys and very much force the opponent into a death by paper cuts situation. And Derek Carr set records, uh, 29 or 32, as far as accuracy goes, and you got burned in the secondary. Baltimore this week, a little bit more of a a vertical situation going on. John Brown uh, catches a 44-yard pass. Uh, Mark Andrews was affected. Uh, They had three wide receivers that were targeted uh, a a, a boatload of times with 50 or more receiving yards. I mean, Crabtree was all over the place. So this is a, a, and we've talked about defensive backs as uh, far as what uh, the expectation was for the year. And that expectation was not very good because I said it back in training camp. This is a team with no secondary depth, no secondary depth. And you hope teams don't watch film because once they figure that out, it is bad news bears uh, for the Denver Broncos. Of course, it's the Broncos blitz podcast, our daily podcast at mile high sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K radio. That's at Ronnie K radio, R O N N I E the letter K radio on Twitter. A lot to dissect when it comes to the Broncos Ravens. We'll sift through it one by one, but obviously the big thing just it just doesn't seem like it's working for Vance Joseph in this situation. And look, you're not going to move on from a coach after week three, um, but certainly it almost looks like just the writing is on the wall at this point. And I I just don't. It just don't get it. Uh, Zach also on Twitter, give about 56 does say, uh, Garrett bold played like garbage. Garrett Bowles Uh, he should have been taken out for a series just to get his head right. Look, and, and I will say this and I, and I maybe am, am, uh, am, uh, uh, a, a, a offender to this. Um, I think we all expected Garrett Bowles by default to get better in his second year. And at times he has looked better but at times he has looked real bad too. And I think yesterday was the first day that really looked like the Broncos offensive line of 2017 uh, because they have been improved this year. But last week, uh, uh, the Sunday game against Baltimore, it was just dreadful offensive line play. And I know a lot of people want to point to case Keenum, but just some of these plays and particularly the sack force fumble uh, in which Philip Lindsay was ejected. We'll get to that in the podcast. Um, there was no protection. There was no protection. And actually, Emmanuel Sanders comes over and he's not supposed to chip, but there is somewhat of a, a in-game adjustment and in-play adjustment that I think that you got to, because if you don't, Case Kingdom gets absolutely destroyed blindside. And so it's those little things and the offensive line just looked real bad. Jaredville Deer got beat uh, on, on multiple occasions and the offensive line really, really showed their ugly head. And, you know, we talked about this on Thursday's podcast last week about some of the keys to the game. And uh, I said one of those things was the trenches. They have to win the trenches because this is a, and this was a winnable game in the trenches because there are many statistics and many showing out there the numbers that say that the Baltimore Ravens offensive line is really bad. Is really bad. And yet Denver still couldn't put a ton of pressure on Joe Flacco. He was sacked twice, but not a ton of pressure. I mean, Flacco, Flacco sat back there. This was the Broncos offensive line that was looking improved. In a Baltimore defense, and it's not going to blow you away. I mean, they have some okay pieces, but there's nobody on this defense that absolutely stands out outside of maybe Terrell Suggs, and yet he completely, uh, well, just ran wild against the Denver Broncos offense. So a lot to fix because there is a big test coming Monday night when, of course, Kansas City comes to Denver. I will be at that game. And of course, I'll be in the locker room this week. So be sure to follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio at Mile High Sports and follow the work at MileHighSports.com. A lot of good stuff written by our, our friend Sean Drotar. Uh, you've heard him on this podcast before. Zach Seegers has been on the podcast before. Justin Michaels, TJ Mcride A lot of good stuff over there at MileHighSports.com. I want to focus a little bit more towards Case Keenum here uh, because Case Keenum was just not good. Uh, 22, 34, throws for under 100 yards. He is, of course, picked off in the red zone in that situation. Uh, But I will say this in part with Keenum. He just was not given the time by the offensive line. Uh, But in times where he was, he was fairly inaccurate. It just seemed like nothing was working on the Broncos uh, offense as far as Uh, They were, they were, which is crazy because we talk about them being up early. Of course they get the block, block punt. They get one rushing touchdown and kind of thing. It's the best start possible. Isn't it? Denver's up 14, 10 after the first quarter. And then things just completely fall apart. Phillip Lindsay gets ejected. That's your best offensive player. You could argue this year, the, the offensive line is like Swiss cheese, just Defensive players flowing through them like a bad burrito. I mean, it was just not good. And so I think a lot of Case Keenum's numbers and the way he performed is probably reflected in that. So I don't want to crush Case Keenum too much. I'm not going to overreact and say, look, it's time to pinch Case Keenum because there's a lot of you guys out there. (laughs) Don't worry. I hear from you. (laughs) You email, you text, you DM all the time. I get it. Uh, Patience with Keenum because a quarterback is only as good as the offensive line and I'm in most part in most cases I should say if you just have a horrendous offensive line you won't be effect, you won't be as, as effective as you can be at your peak because the offensive line is just there's a defender in your face every single game every single play every single snap And I think Keenum dealt with that so much against Baltimore. And yet, really, you could argue, uh, I know he had the fumble, but he only threw one interception. Um, Finally kind of got the offense going towards the fourth quarter. Obviously, a little bit too late, really, in that case. And then, of course, he throws the interception late. But absolutely, there has to be an improvement from Case Keenum from the first three weeks that we've seen him moving forward, because right now we are seeing a lot more of case Keenum from LA case Keenum from Houston and not case Keenum from Minnesota, which is really, really alarming. It's really alarming because we talked about this earlier in the podcast while we kind of, I don't know if anybody really was surprised to see Vance Joseph lost on the sidelines. And I hate to beat a dead horse, but nobody is surprised there. Keenum was still an unknown. And now we are beginning to see that unknown rub off to really show instead of a gem, it's a piece of coal right now. And there is, it's not too late to turn that around, but boy, we start to need to see it come around quickly because if it doesn't, uh, There are going to be a lot of boo birds out this Monday night, I feel, when, of course, Kansas City, who just looks incredible right now, uh, coming to town. Uh, Vance did speak about Case Keenum today. He says, I think Case is going to play better and better with time. I am not concerned. He does so many good things during the game. It keeps your hope that he's going to play better and better as it goes. I mean, that just sounds like false optimism. That just sounds like you're... Well, yeah, he'll play better. He'll get better with time. Well, no. How are you going to make him better? How are you going to craft an offense that makes him better? He's isn't just going to magically get better, um, because we now have a three game sample that says that yesterday was not just a Keenum had a bad day. We have a three game sample that says yesterday was very much what Case Keenum does against other teams that are somewhat okay. And that's play below average quarterback play. So it's a little, it's very alarming. It's very, very alarming. I don't want to get too much into the Philip Lindsay ejection, but I will say this. um, I don't know if there's a definitive camera angle that I've seen so far that shows Philip Lindsay punching for the football. It looks to me that Lindsay was being held down by the defender who obviously, is trying to get into under Philip Lindsay's skin, and Lindsay's trying to like hammer fist him off. It doesn't validate an injection. I think to label it a punch seems inaccurate to me, because to me a punch is you are standing up, I'm standing in front of you, and I I throw a punch. That's that's what a punch to me is. In the in the the scrums of the NFL, you wouldn't believe what kind of stuff happens. Believe me. To, Talking with players, you wouldn't believe what kind of stuff. It looks like he was unfortunately just in a bad situation right in front of the officials, and he made a misjudgment. And that misjudgment costed his team big because if Philip Lindsay is not ejected in that game, who knows what kind of different outcome there is because he is a big, big part of their offense right now, which is incredible to say considering he was undrafted. And came in with just the expectation to make the team. And now all of a sudden he is the crown jewel of the offense and really is kind of the one that makes it go. And he's got to be smarter. He's got to be smarter. I know everybody loves a hometown kid. I know everybody wants to talk about him. Well, he went to high school here in Boulder and he's a great story and he's a good kid. And I got it. He is a great kid. He's very humble, but he's got to have better judgment than that. He's got to have better judgment than that. Probably shouldn't have been ejected. Fine. But he was because he put himself in that situation. He's got to have better judgment than that moving forward. And he will learn. And we should give him that pass because he's a rookie. He's somebody who is inexperienced in this game. So we will give him that pass, but it can't happen again. It cannot happen again. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip and a jump away from Coors Field. Visit them on the web. Tap14.com spell out the word 14 for me. Um, your reaction on Twitter, your takeaways, JWP 303 says the only hope for this team is to move on from VJ and we have enough evidence to conclude Garrett Bulls is not a good left tackle. I'm going to firmly disagree there. Uh, I don't think you have any sort of evidence to conclude anything after 19 games on a NFL player. I just don't. Um, NFL, the NFL is a very difficult sport, uh, particularly the offensive line. And there have been times where Bulls does look good. And so I'm not going to just conclude that he is a, a bad left tackle based on the evidence shown. There hasn't been enough evidence shown. There hasn't been. If you want, if you want to use that as your opinion, that's fine. But I would disagree with that. Uh, Robert Medina funky cold. I like like that name by the way. Uh, funky cold three three one on Twitter says our biggest enemy so far has been ourselves. We could beat a good team if we clean up penalties, which cost to score some big plays and defense getting off the field. I think this is the most level headed take I've seen. So good job, Robert. Nice work. Uh, see, this is why I wait 24 hours because we start to get level headed comments because you wouldn't believe the stuff that was spewed at five o'clock on Twitter. Sunday night. I mean, it was just awful. Um, I, I agree. Yes, the turnovers are killing them, and the penalties are absolutely killing them too. And uh, this is not a podcast that is ever going to look directly at the referees and blame them for the game. Yeah, there were some pretty, pretty crucial, pretty crucial calls there that were pretty brutal. But you also turned the ball over a lot. You also weren't very effective on the run. Your offense was pretty sorry. And it doesn't seem like anybody in the secondary can cover anybody. Uh, This is a a Broncos team that, I mean, 13 penalties for 120 yards. And this does kind of tie back to the coaching, you know, because while you could say it's on the players for the the 10 men on the field, the 12 men on the field, and obviously the 12 being a penalty, you as a head coach got to be on top of that kind of stuff. You just got to be. Uh, it was a very bad day overall for this Broncos team from head to toe. I mean, really, you know, and I want to do shout out the special teams because, of course, they have the blocks. I mean, Joe, Joe Jones really should be a special teams player of the week. Of course, he blocks the field goal. Then we got the punt. Um Denver's return game was okay. There really wasn't too many returns to justify. I could say if it was bad or good uh, Marquette King. I know a lot of people have been talking about Marquette King. He has to punt better. Isn't that really what it comes down to? He had seven for a 41 average against the Ravens as long as was a 55, but, but maybe consider this Marquette was overhyped coming in. And maybe I fell victim to this, too, because he looks so good in training camp. This was a guy that could boom it so high. And, of course, the altitude thing and everything like that. And certainly that's going to play a factor. He was hyped so much, so we have so much of an expectation. Uh, And Vance did say that they just he's got to punt better. He's got to punt better. And that's understandable because he has not been very good. But maybe he was a little overhyped, too, going in. So a lot of different thoughts. Uh want you to follow on Twitter at Ronike Radio. It's at Ronnie Radio on Twitter trying to figure out oh my gosh, what is wrong with the Never Broncos? Everything. Everything. Um look, we'll say this breathe. Breathe in. Your moment of Zen. The season's not over. Okay. Um this I think was one of those games that you wish you could have because it felt like a gimme at least in my eyes. And it was very alarming to see not only them not able to run with, not only to win the game, but not run with Baltimore. Um, Because again, this was in the trenches, a team that they should have beat. And if you win the trenches, it's a whole different story in the ball game, but certainly a a big, big problem. And uh, the quarterback situation is now a worry. I think we've officially moved from unknown cautiously optimistic slash doubt uh, doubting to straight on worried about the quarterback position, because again, there is nothing behind Case Keenum that I think may potentially solve the Broncos issues. I know everybody wants to talk about Chad Kelly, but of course, they don't have that guy behind him. They don't have Josh Rosen, who's been named the name, the team starting quarterback. Uh, they don't have Baker Mayfield who has been named the name, the team starting quarterback in Cleveland. They don't have Josh Allen. They don't have any future to look forward to. And by the way, the draft class coming up this year, it's not very good. This is why we, this is why I harped on dry on drafting a quarterback in the first round last year, because now it's a rear in it's ugly head. Because if the risk you took on case Keenum doesn't pay off, all of a sudden things are looking real grim in Denver. And uh, by the way, it doesn't get better because case C is coming to town, and that will be a Monday night game. I'll be at that game. So, first, be sure to follow on Twitter at Ronnie K. Radio. By the way, the 3 and 0 Kansas City Chiefs who have put up 38, 38, and 42. Those would be their points over the last three weeks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, has really just been lighting up the uh, NFL and and turning everything he, he touches into gold. Showtime Mahomes, as they like to call him. I mean, he has been incredible so far. How Denver stops Patrick Mahomes, I have no idea, but we will try to find out over there in the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skipping a jump away from Coors Field, and our friends at Pro Football Focus. Be sure to check them out on the way, profootballfocus.com. It's profootballfocus.com. A lot of good stuff over there. Be sure to check it out. Uh, Deep analytics, if you like to stare at analytics of uh, football players, because I know I do. You can get 20% off your subscription. Pod 20. That's pod 20 for 20% off your subscription to pro football Focus. Pod 20. That's pod 20 for 20% off your subscription to profootballfocus.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing through it. I know it was tough. You got through. It. We got through it together. Um, because it was not an easy one. <laughs> uh so to recap. Maybe if you didn't listen to that first part, you just hear in the second part, but overall to recap, uh, Vance Joseph still lost Garrett Bulls, real question mark, defensive secondary as we knew in training camp, not good season is not over, but also the season is over. <laughs> That's what we have so far on this Broncos season. Gotta love football season, right? Hey, be sure to stay up to date, of course, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. Of course, milehighsports.com and the all new Mile High Sports app. Be sure to check that out. A lot of good stuff on the app. You can get the stories. You can get the podcasts. You can stream Mile High Sports Radio as well, too. A lot of great stuff at that mobile app. Download it. It's totally free. You can read the work. It's a lot of good stuff over there at Mile High Sports. And of course, it's free for Apple or Android. Be sure to check it out. The Mile High Sports mobile app. Check that out on the podcast today. So for the Broncos Blitz Podcast or daily podcast, I'll be back tomorrow with a fan de- <laughs> well, fan Tuesday. Should be a fun one as uh well this is kind of weird because we're preparing now for a Monday night game as Kansas City now is the opponent for the Denver Broncos as they turn the page. From a dreadful performance in Baltimore, nearly top to bottom, and somehow we'll have to tango with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Anthony Thomas and Tyreek Hill in the KC offense that is just lighting it up. So we'll see how it goes, of course, at MileHighSports.com on Twitter at Ronnie K. Radio at MileHighSports. MileHighSports.com is where you can read the work. It's MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. We'll see you.